All right, let's do this. Hey, it's the Dilo, and I am back. It's been about a month um, since my last podcast, and I am excited to say that I have Chef Aaron Chamberlain today. We are inside of the beautiful Taco Cello, and they are preparing for lunch as we speak. And anyways, Aaron is... Uh, been around Arizona for quite a bit and I wanted to chat with him today about his restaurant experiences and the current uh, places that he has right now and just life in general. So Aaron, welcome. Thank you. Glad right. to be here. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, so Aaron and I have become pretty close uh, over the last, I would say, six to eight months. Uh, full disclosure, we're in a group called EO Together and uh, I think that group has, has entrepreneurs, whatever industry that you're in, whether it be, you know, insurance or restaurants or air conditioning or whatever it may be, I, I think it's all helped us out a lot. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's good to be in a group of diverse businesses and get feedback and see how other people run their businesses in different industries. I find that a lot of my friends, because the restaurant business is such a time-consuming job that a lot of my friends are in the restaurant business. So to see how somebody does something in insurance or in air conditioning or in real estate, it helps me, uh, really it helps me to see that maybe things aren't so bad or what yeah. other people are doing. And so, you know, it gives me confidence and also gives me a perspective of different businesses. Yeah, that's, uh, it's definitely an added value and a benefit for us um, when it comes to being a part of that group. And, and, and I absolutely agree with you on what you're saying there. So let's talk about your beginnings and how you got started in the restaurant business. And I, I think you came from San Francisco, right? You worked out there for a number of years? I did, I did. But pre-San Francisco, how I really got started is, is that um, uh, my grandfather was a chef. So my family has been in the restaurant business in one aspect or another since the 1930s. So, um, and there was a photograph of my grandfather um, in my kitchen with him and all of his chefs and their chef's whites. And I remember being a little boy, I'm talking seven, eight, nine years old, yeah. and yeah. being very, um, uh, 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 being uh, uh, aware of how like, um, you know, clean and crisp and them standing tall and being like very kind of a noble thing. And yeah. so it, it, it resonated with me um, also because of uh, my grandfather being a chef, my mother was a good cook. Um, she, we grew up eating, loving food. Um, my mother showed us love through food. Um, and so, um, and then really what happened is, is I got into the Boy Scouts and I started doing cooking outdoors. Mm. And, and really like at age, I would say nine, I was like, I'm gonna be a chef. Yeah. And I would like go on the camping trip and I would plan the whole week's food out wow. and I realized that I was different than the other boys because they were cooking SpaghettiOs over the campfire in the can right. and I was grilling whole trout. <laughs> <laughs> You're making Dutch ovens. Yeah so you know and so that really kind of got me um, got me really interested in in cooking and I knew that I wanted to be a chef at that point and then when I was in junior high um, junior high and high school, I realized that through food I could influence people. 
and you know, one of the things that happened to me is, is I met a girl, she was in the cheerleading squad, and she loved fettuccine Alfredo, and I <laughs> found a cookbook that had the recipe, and I made it from scratch. That's awesome. And one day, I had the entire cheerleading squad to, over to my house, and I made them fettuccine Alfredo. And so that made me realize, like, oh my gosh, I can influence people through food. Right. And then I got a job in the business. At age 14, I was a dishwasher at a restaurant called The Hunt's Hideaway out on Apache Road in Apache Junction. And, um, and, 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 and unfortunately, they fired me because um, I cut myself and they realized I was underage and not really should be working, or I should not be working. And so I walked up the road and got another job. <laughs> and so those, those combos just made me say that this is in my industry, I love this industry, I love the people, I love the excitement, I love the passion, um, and, and, and I love to be surrounded by food. And so that was kind of, that was it for me. I never looked back. Yeah, that's really how you got started. So you're basically cooking for the cheerleading squad and you're realizing that food is not just awesome, but it's also a way into women's hearts. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's my been my strategy almost my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Cook a nice meal and they will come over. So you did, okay, so that's how you'd started. Obviously, um, you were in Arizona and then something pushed you to go out to California and, and work out there for some... Definitely. Um, you know, I wanted to travel when I was younger. Um, always. I mean, I've always had a travel bug. My parents were, we were fortunate enough that every year we traveled. We'd, they took me to Europe at a young age. Um, we'd go to California multiple times a year. So I knew that I wanted to get out of my cul-de-sac in East Mesa. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as I could, I did. Um, at the age of 17, I moved to the East Coast. Uh, I wasn't even 18 yet. Oh. And I lived in Ocean City, Maryland, right when I graduated for high school for five, six months. And that was kind of my opening to not living uh, um, around my family and also getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. As soon as I came back, I moved to San Francisco. I was very clear on I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to go to culinary school out there. And I wanted to work at the best restaurants in the country. And so when I was about 17 years old, I made a kind of a a goal or a path of what I wanted and I was going to hop from city to city working at the best restaurants and um, I wanted to open a great restaurant so I lived in San Francisco I lived in New York City I lived in Boston I lived in Los Angeles I spent a lot of time in Mexico City yeah and um, and that was where I gained my experience and uh, and then eventually decided that Arizona and Phoenix was going to be my my long-term home yeah so you I mean you have the resume you've been to all the big cities all and you've done all the sweat and tears and for for uh, uh, an entire decade I worked six days a week 16 hours a day I only took three vacations in an entire decade and those vacations were in between jobs holy cow. Um, and literally I just put my head down yeah. and I just worked all the time and the reality was is that I loved it yeah. like I loved being in the kitchen I loved being you know um, challenged I love learning new things I was very focused so in my early 20s all the way into my 30s I, I really was just focused on my career and that 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 engagement um, and and discipline and focus is what has helped me grow as a as a, a more mature restaurateur. Yeah. Um, 
So you have you have quite a bit. You have quite a few siblings. How many do you have? Seven brothers and sisters. Seven brothers and sisters um, total, right? Total. Okay. And are you the only one that went down to the? Um, are you the only one that became a chef or became? Yeah, it, it's funny because every single one of my brothers and sisters has worked in the restaurant business at one time, okay. and most of them got out. Um, it just wasn't the right fit for them. Um, I was really the only one that was like all in. Yeah. Yeah. All in on the restaurant business, and, and were your parents excited to see somebody go into that field, or were they happy for you? Did they you know, not? my parents are—they're um, very um, uh, anything you want to do. If you were a sibling um, or one of their children, they yeah. are so game for. Um, if you wanted, my sister became a violist, and they supported that. And I wanted to be a chef, and they supported that. And so they're pretty—they—they they did not have a lot of. Um, we want you to do this or we don't want you to do that. They kind of let us do what we wanted to do and just supported whatever decision we made. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, so now you're, you're back in Arizona. St. Francis, was that your first opening yeah, out here? Yeah, I, uh, 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 you know, I decided to come back to Arizona because um, I had left when I was 17 years old at age 31, so, you know, 14 years. Um, when I came back here at age 31, and the reason why I did is because there was five chefs that were popular when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. um, Christopher Gross, Mark Tarbell, Eddie Matney, um, Michael's at the Citadel, <laughs> um, Roxanne, and like those were the chefs that were being talked about when I was in um, high school, graduating and working in the industry. And literally, when I came back when I was 31, they were, everyone was still talking about the same chefs. Yeah. So I thought there was a great opportunity for Phoenix and that there was gonna be a big surge of young talent coming. And also, for all the obvious reasons, my family was here, it's a great lifestyle. Um, and so that is what made me come to Arizona and start working on building my restaurant. And St. Francis was my first restaurant, which was opened in 2008. Okay, 2008, God, yeah. 11 years ago. Yeah, decade, yeah. yeah. And, and how was that experience, opening your first restaurant? I mean, knowing what you know now and looking back at opening that, was it a good experience? Was it overwhelming? Was it, would you do some stuff, a lot um, of stuff different? Or? You know, like there's a funny thing I always hear people talk about is like, n n n is it naivety or like being naive? Na yeah, yeah. Yeah, be be being naive, totally. um, you know, I was totally naive. Um, I had no clue. Um, I um, I knew I, I obviously had a lot of experience working in the kitchen, a lot of experience yeah. working in the restaurant. But you know, there's two parts of the restaurant business. There's the restaurant part, and then there's the business, business part. part yeah. So I had a major learning curve in the business aspect of it. Um, but um, I, um, you know, I was just jazzed. I yeah. was just jazzed that I was getting the opportunity. Um, I was. Uh, it, it, it was hard. Uh, but you know, that challenge of opening the restaurant made everything else I do or have done seem easier mm -hmm. because I went through that challenge. Um, and um, I was just having a blast. Like it was, it was, it was, it was the funnest time. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was good. It was a good time. How, how far after St. Francis opened, did you start on public market, Phoenix public market? You know, so, so it was interesting is, is I've had this weird thing and, in in it probably, I don't know if it's weird, but it probably is not a, I don't know if it's a good quality or a bad quality, <laughs> but every time I get to a certain point in my life, I kind of look at myself and I say, is this it? Yeah. Um, and in my, and like, you know, I, I have a really hard time being satisfied. 
And so when I became a chef at Chelsea's Kitchen, I was like, is this it? And then I became a GM and I was like, is this it? And then I became multi-operator with the Grand Ranch Hospitality and kind of did a different role and I was kind of like this it and then I opened my own restaurant. So as soon as I opened St. Francis, I knew at that time that I wanted to grow. Mm -hmm. And I had been looking at the building where the Phoenix Public Market Cafe is. I actually tried to get that building pre-St. Francis mm. and I was rejected. Um, I was rejected by the landlord because he didn't feel I had enough experience. Um, and there was multiple things that were going on. So I kept my eye on that building. And because it was adjacent to the Arizona's largest farmer's market, yeah. there was a huge lure for me because as a chef, to be able to go to a place that houses a farmer's market and you be able to walk out your kitchen, yeah. go shopping and bring product into your kitchen, it is such a rarity that I had set my my eyes on that and I had literally kept in touch with the landlord and I would reach out to him on a regular basis. And so it took me three years after opening St. Francis to convince him to give me that space to open the Phoenix Public Market Cafe. Wow. So that, how long is that, um how long has the uh, farmer's market been 14 there? 14 years. Okay, so, so it was 14. going, yeah. So yeah. it was going. I would go down to the farmer's market, and the farmer's market eventually moved into the the, the Phoenix Public Market Cafe, and yeah. they called it the Urban Grocery, and it was kind of right. like a little cafe. And so I was, um, I was very much um, keeping my eye on it because yeah. the building's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and, and I knew Phoenix was in transition. Right. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be down there living in all these cities like I just wanted to live in downtown and I live there I live here now I'll probably always live in downtown Phoenix yeah uh, I have a very hard time <laughs> wanting to live anywhere else but in the pulse and vibration of what's going on in the city no for sure okay so so you got Phoenix Public Market you got St. Francis and you have this I, I would say itch to continue to grow because you're having some success and you're doing some other stuff. So you had opened up a few other places. You want to talk about those? Yeah, um, I opened up uh, Tempe Public Market and a restaurant called Ghost Ranch and also a restaurant called Taco Cello. And so Taco Cello, um, I have had a chef who worked, started working with me when he was 15 years old. His name's Suni Santana. And he has been probably my right-hand man for a long time. Very talented guy, um, very nice guy. Uh, we've always worked well together. And you know, I just wanted to see um, uh, um, him continually grow because of his talent. And we one time took a trip together with Gennaro Garcia, who's an artist. And I kind of had this idea when we were on the trip that we could create a restaurant and SUNY could create the name, the concept, and the menu, and Gennaro could design the place like an artist would. And um, and so um, that's what we did. Yeah. I came back and found the space, and we started pushing and, and, and started creating, and we came up with Taco Cello, and to be quite honest with you, it's probably my favorite restaurant of all. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I like it for multiple reasons. I love the simplicity of it. Right. I love the decor. I love where it's located. I love the vibe. 
Um, and, 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 and it's been a blast. It's been really, really good. Yeah, I can vouch with you on that. I mean, ensuring a lot of restaurants and seeing a lot of restaurants and being a part of a lot of people's um, establishments. When you look, we're sitting in Taco Cello now, and, and when you just look in it, it's just a fun, and like you said, it's very simple, but it's fun, and the food is just, it's just accessible and easy, and you just know what you're, what you're getting, but it tastes amazing. So yeah. it's, uh, hopefully you'll be doing some more of these of, you know, if you get if you get some opportunities to open up more of these, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I'm kind of right now. Um, you know, I had a big year last year, yeah. um, and so I'm personally in a transition myself. And so what I'm doing is, is I'm kind of just uh, towing the line and making sure all these businesses get matured. And um, you know, and then I'm going to determine what I'm going to do next. Right. Uh, you know, and time period. I, I have two young little boys. Yeah. Um, I got a young family, um, so I have a lot on my plate, and so I'm just kind of um, making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm getting clarity before I move to the next thing. So t talk about your 20-year-old self and talk about your 40-something-year-old self. What, what are the main differences as a business owner and a family man and all that and the things that you, you know, want to share that you don't do now that you did back then? And yeah. I mean, my 20-year-old self, um, interesting, interesting enough, is um, I was a party animal chef. <laughs> right. Um, I spent all, I, like, I worked like mad. Um, and um, I'm actually a healthier individual at age 45 yeah. than I was when I was 20, 22 years old. Um, and And, um, you know, the things that, the things I realized is that I wish someone had told me that I, um, that when I was 45 years old, I still would feel young. I wanna get into, as we talked about the farmer's market and you like to go out there and you like to you know, grab stuff and cook with it. I, I've obviously been over to your house and I wanted to talk to you about the garden that you have there and yeah. what, you know, what brought that about and um, you know, what you enjoy doing with your kids and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, my, 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 um, my garden started because I literally was moved into a brand new home or a new home to me and I was watching a video of Jamie Oliver and he was in the middle of an interview and he walked out the door and yeah. he grabbed vegetables and he <laughs> brought them in. He like picked the vegetables, brought them in and cooked something for these people on the video like right away. And so that was super inspiring to me. And I started thinking about it and I was like, well, I'm never gonna live in Essex, England with a farm. And so I started thinking about it, I was like, well, what if I just started doing that here in my house in Phoenix? Yeah. And I knew that obviously Arizona, there's a lot of good growing. We have low frost, all these different variety of reasons. I'm buying stuff from farmers. So I'm in tune with what's going on. Right. So I just started it, this was in 2011, um, and that year I read 20 gardening books. Um, I watched tons and tons of uh, videos on gardening, and I just started getting enthralled in gardening and educating myself. This was pre-kids. Yeah. Um, and so I started, and the one reason why I wanted to have a garden and I wanted to be interested in gardening is, is that I wanted to be more in tune with my food. Okay. So I wanted to be able to um, if I saw something growing in my house, I know that it would be growing out of the farm. Yeah. And so it would get me more in tune with what's in season, what's going on. You know, when squash are just popping and they're little baby squash, when you're in a kitchen working all the time, sometimes there's a disconnect about what's going on in the farm yeah. and what you can get. And then, you know, and so that was a little bit of my incentive was to do that. 
and also in that time period was a transition in my life to start trying to transition into a more healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And so I also um, started learning that um, the people that were the healthiest actually grew their own food. Yeah. Um, you know, they stepped in soil and their bare feet and yeah. worked in the sun and all these variety of things that kind of was learning. So that was my whole motive. And then we started to, to have children. Yeah. And that was a big incentive because I wanted to give my children the food and the nourishment and the quality, um, and the highest quality I could for them. I was raised with food, showed love, and um, you know we didn't have the data and information in 1973 right. that we do now. And so I struggled with my weight almost my entire life because my mother showed me love through food, and there was a price to pay with that because I was a fat kid. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted, I knew that I did not want to do that for my children. I knew that um, uh, that I, at the point I was 40 years old and I look back at all the decades of psychological issues I had because I was overweight yeah. and I knew that I wanted to eliminate that into my children's life. So has a quote unquote older chef um, and now having a family and you talk about healthy lifestyle, I, I would, uh, knowing you, like the hours that you have free, if any, you choose to either go run or swim or do some stuff instead of obviously going to the bar at night after yeah. after work. Yeah. And that's... I mean, really, really my life changed when I met my wife. Yeah. She's younger. She's vibrant. Um, you know, what really happened is, is that we would, we started spending a lot of time together yeah. and I saw me kind of being a wreck. I was eating a very loose diet, um, um, never really thinking about nourishing myself. Um, it was always more about um, pleasure. Hey, Stevie, Stevie, talk to them about keeping it down right now so they're clear, okay? Everyone who walks in. Um, I um, So really when I met my wife, Lee, and yeah. she was vibrant, she had worked out all the time, she grew up in a healthy lifestyle. Um, she was, I would watch her wake up in the morning and be super vibrant and tackle the day and be very stable in her mood. Yeah. And then I was kind of a wreck. And so then it started making me realize that maybe my habits were the ones contributing to me being a little bit of a wreck, let's say emotionally, physically, and a variety of things like that. So. I decided that I would change. And I gotta tell you, it's been a slow progress. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is, it has been a struggle. It is not addictions, addictions to food. Oh yeah. Um, you know, addictions to substance. I mean, it has not been an easy road. It is still to this day a constant battle and fight and struggle. But I will say that I'm much better than I was. Right. Um, and I'm improving and I feel confident and happy about that and also, it's giving me an opportunity to be more of a role model for my kids. Yeah, and yeah. so um, and so that, that 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 that's exciting for me. So when we talk about your kid, you have two boys. Two boys, Arturo and Schaefer. Yep, and uh, right now you're working on a project. You want to yep. talk about that? Sure, sure. I um, uh, you know, when my son Arturo was uh, on the way, he's four years old now. So five years ago. 
I started doing researching. Um, I'm a chef. I'm gonna make my kids. I'm gonna make their food. Yeah. Um, why would I not? Why would I buy a jar jar baby <laughs> food when I can make it myself? Exactly. So I started doing research, and in that time period, I was really shocked because what I found a lot of was a lot of corporate-driven nonsense garbage, um, or I found a lot of um, boring nutritional information data around feeding your kids. Yeah. And so I was kind of confused, and then I found a few mommy bloggers. And so I was kind of confused because I wanted really simple, easy to grasp ways that I could prepare food to my kids, right. like simple thing, like when do you introduce meat into your child's diet? If you have an infant that's born, when do you, and, and just that right there, that one question, got me in the search of like finding, like trying to find this. And yeah. most of the time, pre-internet, it was literally passed down from generation to generation. And I realized that I did not want my mom's information yeah. because my mom's information was wrong. Right. And so, um, and so I, that started me on creating a project called Chef Dad. Um, and Chef Dad is going to be, um, uh, we're working on a book deal, um, I'm working on YouTube, nice. social media, and Chef Dad is going to be a platform um, where parents can get information and data through me and my children on what am I feeding them and how am I getting them to eat broccoli straight from the garden. Yeah. Um, my children eat everything all the time. Um, awesome. And you know, I think that a lot of parents have the wrong data. I think people are busy. I think people, it is a struggle to have a career, wake up, feed your kids healthy food. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of psychological, one of the things I'm learning right now is, is how much psychological issues there are. Like, we never say in our home, you need to eat your vegetables. We, we just don't. My yeah. job as a parent is to create a nutritious plate of food to drop that plate of food and the child, the individual, the human being's job is to choose on what to eat and what not to eat. Right. Um, and, um, That's awesome. Yeah, and it's like really that simple. And I think that people, I see a lot of people get hung up on this where they're forcing their kids. We eat desserts mm -hmm. um, because I don't want it to be a foreign thing where they are um, when you create a scenario where they can't have something, they're gonna want it more. Yeah. Um, we are already challenged because by human beings makeup, genetic makeup, we are gonna be addicted to sugar and we're gonna be addicted to processed carbohydrates, AKA bread, grains, Oh, I know awesome. I am. Yeah. God, it's so hard. Everybody, to, so, yeah. you know, so you're already fighting that. And so when, uh, what, there's, there's all these, um, you know, um, um, there's all this um, things that I've been trying to work on with my kids yeah. on allowing them to have that and, but at the same time, them knowing that really the reality is is they need a well-balanced diet. So we have, my, my, my son, um, he, I was asking him the other day about what other kids have in their lunches, <laughs> and he explained to me a chip that has a curve on it, and right. I came to realize it was a Pringle. Yeah. So I went and bought Pringles, and like I've never had Pringles in my house, ever, and not because like I, I, I think that we're, right. we're so holier than now, but just because I don't like them. 
Um, I don't, I don't, it's not my thing. Yeah. So I went bottom for him. I put him in his lunch for three days. He was excited. And then it was never, it was a non-issue. Yeah. We never had to talk about it again. He didn't, it wasn't like he couldn't have it. He couldn't restrict it. Yeah. Same thing with cereal. He's four years old and he's only had cereal a few times. Wow. And he told me he wanted to have cereal. We went and bought cereal and we had cereal throughout the weekend. And then I threw the box away and it's never been even addressed. He's never even brought it up since then. It's funny how you talk about the psychological issues that people have, you know, with food, and and it really starts out at, at childhood, but then you grow into this, um, you grow into this adult or this human that starts, you know, picking and choosing certain things, and then as we get older, we want to be quote unquote healthier again, and then we relook at all these different diets that everybody's on, you yeah, know, keto, paleo, vegan, and and it's like. I, in my opinion, I don't think there's one right or wrong answer for the individual. You know, it's a yeah. matter of, again, going back into the psychological aspect of, shit, I'm really craving sugar right now. Yeah. You know, how do I get off of doing What's an alternative to do that sort of thing? So, or allowing yourself to have the sugar. Yeah. And then, and then going, oh, I'm going to have some sugar, but, but guess what? I'm going to have sugar tonight, but tomorrow I'm back to my normal, yeah. my normal meal plan. And so that's what we do. We do have desserts, but... Most of my child, my children's meals are healthy or healthful. Mm-hmm. When I can control things, now this goes back to I am a control freak with their food, yeah. but they do not know it. Right. And so I do not make it apparent, but what I do is that I, when I can control what they're eating, mm-hmm. I give them very healthy food and they love it. But I don't make an issue when they go to grandma's and grandma takes them to McDonald's. Yeah. I could care less. I'm like, great, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it was tasty. And they talk about it for about a week and then they're back to their, back to their, their routine. Their, yeah, the routine. And they love broccoli. They love vegetables. And sometimes they don't. And when they don't, guess what? Sometimes I don't. Yeah. yeah. And so I say, hey, no problem. Oh, you don't want to eat your broccoli? No problem. Sometimes I don't like eating broccoli either. Yeah. It's a non issue, it is a non subject in our house. I make food for myself and my wife and my family, and that's what they get. I've never once made my kids a special meal for them, for themselves, a separate meal. Like there's all these things I watch parents do, and I just think that it's a lot of bad information and a lot of bad habits that I would love to inspire parents to connect with their children more through food. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Thanks for 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 sharing that. Um, moving forward, uh, you know, well, with how busy you are with the family and and running the restaurants and all that, how often do you put the the chef coat on and actually go in and cook? How many nights a week? Um, you know, to be honest with you, not a lot. Yeah. And here's the reason why. I mean, I, 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 you know. I, you know, I've ha- I have uh, hundreds of employees. Yeah. Um, I have. Um, I I do not. I I have to run the business. Yeah. Um, I also have very capable chefs at my restaurants. Yeah. And <coughs> I feel that if I were to show up every day in a chef jacket, it would take away from what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and so that's another aspect I look at. Um, so to be honest with you, I spend most of my time, I, I consider myself a talent seeker. Cool. I am constantly looking for talent yeah. for my businesses. I am constantly looking for a better system process for my business. I'm constantly looking to how do we involve the business. Um, and, 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 and that's where I spend most of my time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do not spend a lot of my time. I, I do work with them on the creativity, the conceptual, right. the dishes, the recipes, 
and things like that, but I am not suited up in my chef uniform very often at this point. Also, you know, I've been in this business for 31 years. Yeah. I have literally worked in this in front of a stove. Yeah. So I mean, I, 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 I like a lot. Yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of my life in front of a stove, and so you know, I'm I'm evolving. Yeah. Like I want I want I want other stuff. Yeah. Like what really excites me right now is working on Chef Dad and like awesome. how do I inspire people? Right. Um, how do I make better choices at home? How do I create better processes and systems so I can run a company yeah. and I still take care of all my family's food? Yeah, and you still do probably a lot of cooking at home and preparing yeah, and taking I, I care mean, of I mean, I, I cook at home a couple days a week, yeah. um, but when I do, I, I batch prep and yeah. meal prep and make sure my family has you know stuff in the refrigerator and yeah. you know that kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's cool. I mean, you, you give a lot of jobs to a lot of people out here, and like you said, you're a talent seeker. <clears throat> and that's you know number one for you right now to, to really create your your vibe and, and the good food and people to come and have an enjoyable experience and, and have an incredible meal. So leaving leaving with this, what would you say is your your biggest excitement about coming in every day? Like what do you look forward to the most? And then what do you what do you also what scares the shit out of you the most as far as like you know, risk um, within the restaurant industry? Is it is it the hiring the, the people, the employees? Is it the, I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, what what really, the, the thing that actually is the most satisfying in this business is my employees. And when I watch employees progress, it is the most gratifying thing out of everything. Anything I do, uh, yesterday, one of my employees bought a new car, and they and I went outside and they showed me their new car. That's cool. And you know that like warms my heart that I can create an opportunity for them to make income. And I've watched this employee grow and progress. Yeah. And now they're buying a new car for their family. That made my week, made my month. So. I have a couple employees. Uh, uh, one of them's name's Martine, and he worked for me when he was. When I met him, he lived in a garage with a pregnant girlfriend <laughs> at age 15. And right now, he's 24 years old. He is one of my chef de cuisines at the Phoenix Public Market. Wow. Um, and um, I've just watched him progress as a as a as a young man. And I got to tell you, to me, that's the biggest reward yeah. out of anything that's else. Awesome. And you know what scares me? Everything. I'm scared all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm scared to fail. I'm scared, uh, 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 you know, about everything. I mean, in, this industry changes rapidly. Um, what what people did in 1991 obviously does not work in 2019. Right. Um, and so there's just the industry's changing. There's so many different dynamics. Yeah. Um, you know, and so um, I am constantly. Uh, 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 scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. No. Like I just like I literally, you know, and not in a bad way. Like I'm scared because I'm weak. Yeah. But I'm scared because I want to grow a business. I want to do well. I want to do things. And I also have come to realize that you know the restaurant business is very volatile. Yeah. The restaurant business is there. You know, you look at all the things that. You know, if you if you do too much artistry, then you miss the market. Yeah. If you do, you know, there's all these different variety of things, and so. But I will tell you, I love this business. I love the industry. I love the customers. I love the employees. I love the creativity aspect. I love coming to a restaurant every day, 
and um, that's what keeps me going. Wait, would, would you say that advice for any other restaurateurs or people starting is just really just creating that foundation and that team, that all-star team to really just... Yeah, you know, the all-star team's an interesting aspect because, you know, the restaurant industry, the average employee stays uh, less than eight months. Yeah. So, um, you know, your team evolves. Right. <coughs> um, and so... But even, even your team and just even other industries, whether it's that person that's helping you with the accounting or the person that's coming yeah, in and doing, yeah. you know... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I tell young people, um, move faster. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have done this earlier. Yeah. I opened my first restaurant I was 34. 33 34 I wish I had done when I was 30 yeah um, I learned all the same lessons um, I didn't you know people I listen to people and they say oh well I'm not quite there or I've got to learn more like these are all just excuses and stuff that society tells you move faster yeah that's like like if you want to if you know you want to open a restaurant you know you're gonna be in this go do not wait do not wait because also this is a young man's sport yeah yeah. This is this is this is this is when I see people that are young and figuring out the aspects of business and the learning curve of being your own boss and all that variety, uh, 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 um, the earlier the better. The earlier the better. No, that's very cool, and I think that's great advice. So, we will uh, we will leave on that. I will say that um, Aaron is very approachable. He's awesome. If you see him in one of his restaurants, I mean, you know, just go up and say hi to him. He's he's more than happy to, to chat. Um, and he's a good dude, and, and his places are absolutely amazing. So I appreciate you hanging out with me this yeah, morning. Yeah, you bet. You, you bet. Know, and, I, and also... Um Follow me on Instagram. Yes, follow. Yeah, where else? Where else? Instagram. When's Chef Dad coming out? Um, I, I got to tell you that I think that you'll we'll start seeing stuff in the next sixty days. Cool. So by summertime, it'll, we'll start getting momentum. I'll start sharing that and posting it on yeah, all my stuff as well. Yeah, you know, Aaron underscore Chamberlain on Instagram, uh, uh, Chef Aaron Chamberlain .com. Um, those are all the places you can find me, find my restaurants, find everything. Yeah, he's very active on social media, so. Um, you know, pretty much what's being posted out there is him, and, and it's and it's what he's doing. And my favorite thing are his videos is when he goes to the farmer's market and he does all the, the snippets of what he's picked up and yeah. he shows him cooking it, and it's, it's pretty awesome. So anyways, we had a good 40 minutes here with Aaron. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I got some more podcasts coming up. Um, actually, I've got a designer that I will have on next week, so I'm excited about that. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and, and that's it. Uh, peace out. Awesome.